it's like I'm at the Batu Caves in, <laughs> uh, in Kuala Lumpur with uh, we monkeys climbing all over me. Yes, and we, and we are. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. A, yeah, very special edition. And the road, finally on the road, standby with JJ and Francisco. Yeah, here we are. We've finally taken our little podcast about travel and the arts. We're all vaccinated, by the way. Somewhere. There's we also have, vaccinated a we, cat. <laughs> we happen to be at a destination, and the destination belongs to our guests. Yes, because as a, as a traveling podcast, we travel to the guests, because that's what we do, right? Plus, <laughs> that's why this beautiful cat is here, one of the guests of yes, the guests. Yes, I mean, the cat belongs in this apartment as well, so right. we are the outsiders. <laughs> so let's, why, sh- why, She's why taking waste? my shot. This is like a, this is a holly, <laughs> very L.A. cat. <laughs> you know, I just wants to chat, wants yeah. the likes on yeah. Instagram. Why? Why should we waste any more let's time? Let's do it. Let's have let's have our esteemed guest enter his own living room. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tom Tran. Tom Tran. Here he is. Tr- just he, we, he just woke up from <laughs> his nap. Sorry, we broke up. We broke up. Broke in into his apartment. Yeah, we broke we've, in. We've we've really excited Colby yeah, here, she's, dude. Uh, she's definitely a attention whore. <laughs> 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 How are you, man? How you doing? Hey guys, what's up? Oh, How's she, it going? she likes you, Francisco. Oh, right. We we haven't even we didn't list your credits because we were distracted by a cat climbing over Doesn't us like matter. a monkey. But of course, Tom Tran is a hey. part of the the GI comedy tour. Uh, I created the GIs of comedy tour. Oh, created the, the GIs creator of, com- of the GIs comedy tour. There we go. Colby. Well-traveled man, uh, prestigious stand-up comedian, radio host, uh, actor. You actor. know, most recently seen on the. What's the a CBS show? The United NCIS? United States of L. Well, that's that well, episode you're gonna be. Out. It's yeah. coming out. Yeah. Coming out. Well, he just shot it. Yeah. He's gonna be on it. Do you know when? Uh, June twenty fourth. June twenty fourth. Okay. Excellent. So, so check that, it out on so CBS. There we have it. Yeah. Is, this is the gentleman that's joining us today. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks yeah. for. I do thanks. Thanks. So. <laughs> you do things. thanks. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming over. Thanks for traveling all the way to North Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. We, we to, oh, what a journey! We had from to take our, pa- our vaccine. Studio passport. City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty close. I I went four stops on the subway. Oh, actually. okay. So I did use the Los Angeles subway. We have a subway. Yeah. So, which is yeah. what most Los Angelinos say when I say that I use the subway. We have one. We have Do one. We? we have one. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's yeah. used by people like JJ, pretty much. Just All right. Yeah. People that don't have cars and stigma that like to, you know, because everybody in LA has cars, right? It's yeah, like, pretty it's much. Thing, so. well, one of the first things I was told when I moved here was, if you want to have a career in this town, you have to have a car. Oh, really? Yeah. They told me change my name and get a car. <laughs> so. This would yeah, be white. Advice. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dye your hair. Frank Rams. Go by <laughs> Frank <it>. Rams. <laughs> that, I can oh, see right. them yeah. telling you that yeah, as yeah. well. Uh, no, weirdly enough, the subway is very efficient in this town. But yeah, I don't no, think I took it once. I took it once years. to go to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. You know, it was oh. fun because you, you know, like you dating like, yourself a little bit. But yeah, go ahead. Because what? Dating yourself yeah, a little bit. No, but no, yeah, that's true. No, but Red Hot. I mean, they're yeah. they're great. They're great. Yeah, but when was the last time they toured? That was like f- four years ago. Was like it? the last concert. Yeah. I'm also last... old. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't Poison or Def Leppard, oh, I don't. Okay. Oh, come on. You're and not that, no, you're that's, not that's that the, old. Yeah, yeah. Come on. The last a... concert I went to see was Journey and Def Leppard. Yeah, but they're touring now, to be fair. That's, that's true. Like, you could say. Yeah, you can't you know. be like, yeah, when they start, like when they were just there. Like, yeah. yeah. All these bands are. I was torn. there before Steve Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when we that's when we started to go. Okay, now 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 we're dated. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but thanks for having us. I mean, as yeah. you know, this well, no, you know, but this is a traveling podcast because also we love 
me and JJ were both uh, immigrants to this country, you know, so and uh, and you too, yeah. you know, and this is what we're going to talk Don't about. leave me out of it. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason we started the podcast is because we're comics, we're both immigrants, and we're like, and, and we're like, well, let's talk about traveling and being also from different cultures mm -hmm. and love to talk about people that are comedies or musicians, you yeah. know, or stuff like that to learn about what's the how do, how do they deal with travel what do they like right. about travel and all this stuff yeah now and a lot of our listeners at home and view viewers at home they know our background so i'm from canada originally mm -hmm. venezuela and i love i know that you were born in vietnam i, I don't know the story beyond that because obviously to, like you're american right through and through so I w like how did you what was your journey coming to america uh, i was born in vietnam uh, my father was a prisoner of war in vietnam he flew with the south vietnamese air force and with the u.s air force Wow. Uh, after Saigon fell in 75, he was put in a prisoner of war camp, and he escaped um, and oh. took my family to a refugee camp in Thailand. And then from there, we got adopted, quote unquote, more like sponsored, but kind of adopted by a, a parish, uh, a Catholic parish in Buffalo, New York. And then they, wow. we got on a boat. We were literally boat people. Oh, so you had still had wow. to be boat people, even if you were adopted or sponsored. Well, yeah, yeah, in, in yeah. that extent. Yeah. So Wait, how how old were you? I was like ten months old. Oh, so you don't remember anything? Baby, baby, baby. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, yeah. and then we uh, we wound up in Buffalo, New York. So I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Mm. Uh, where are you from in Canada? Nova Scotia. Okay, uh, I'm actually my grandparents before they passed away. My, my whole family is uh, in Montreal. Well, right. scattered across Canada. So oh, okay. my yeah. My part of the family uh, was the only part that grew up in the States. Okay, like, yeah. The rest of my family left Vietnam uh, before all the, like, the big fighting happened. Right. And they, they settled in Canada. And then uh, when my family finally escaped, because my dad was a pilot, he was in the war. Yeah. When yeah. they finally escaped, we went to Buffalo. So my whole family is in Canada. So oh, all right. For, for, for years... And in French Canada too. French Canada. Well, we were. They're I'm scattered so all sorry. over. No. They're. Uh, <laughs> we were an NHL family. Like there were. Right. There were. There was a stretch of like seven years that we didn't speak to each other between like October and May. All right. And for God all forbid right. your team make it in the finals, like the Stanley Cup. Well, like, that's right, because the Sabers and the Montreal Canadians. Sabers, the Canadians. My yeah, brother moved right. to Boston, so he was a Bruins guy. Oh. I got family in Toronto, Ottawa, oh. uh, fucking uh, Winnipeg. Your whole it, family's in one division. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, why didn't somebody just move to Vancouver just they, so they could own the West Coast? Well, actually, you're in, you're in Los well, Angeles yeah. now. So. But uh, yeah, there were there were years that we didn't speak to each other for like an entire oh, season. Wow. So you don't speak because of the NH. Oh my the, God! Yeah. Oh not, my God! Not because of other family issues. Well, no, we have some of those family <laughs> okay, issues now, okay. thanks <laughs> to the last four years of you know that okay. previous presidency. But okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was a year where the Sabers, the Bruins, and the Habs were all in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, and it was just like, don't talk to me. Piss off, right. Grandpa. I don't want to see you until I graduate <laughs> from high school. Wow. Yeah. Some people are passionate. Yeah. We were a serious <laughs> hockey family. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, uh, to this day. Cool. Actually, one of my one of my travel goals is to get to a game in every arena in the league. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Have you, which one? So what's your number right now? I'm at 18. Okay. Oh, right yeah. on. You That's know, this good. is actually one of the big questions that we usually mm -hmm. like to try to bring up on our podcast. Cause oh. We always ask. Com no, that's a great, perfect segue because we always ask the comics how that they wasn't planned at all. How they like to uh, spend their time? <laughs> it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't <laughs> at all. That, but how they spend their time on the road? And a few comics have said they yeah. love going to see the sports and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, 
baseball and, games and whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, would that be your number one activity like you're as you're road? touring around America? If I can, actually, for a long time, I, I didn't tour unless it was hockey season. Oh wow! Oh, really? like, I well, you have that luxury. Bye. I gotta go into <laughs> like, hey, sorry, it's not, it's not the NHL season right now, but you still. That, well, that was one. Of the, I there was a year 2012. Um, I had planned this insane like 15 city tour, uh, and every city we went to was either an NHL town or within an hour of an NHL town, and every date we did was either the day before or the day after a game in an arena I hadn't gone to. And this was book solid. I was like ready to go. Yeah. Do you remember what happened in 2012? Well, uh, other than the Olympics. I was living in London at the time. Oh. I was at the mm, Olympics. So I'm saying, uh, another virus? The NHL lockout. Uh, oh, was, that a, was there a lockout that year? There was a lockout that year. So uh, you couldn't. Okay. So uh, I had a tour planned and sucks. the league locked out. So oh, now wow. I was like. Uh -huh. I, like I even talked, my agent was like, "So you have a big fan base in Columbus?" I'm like, "I'm huge in Idaho." He goes, "Ohio?" I'm like, "Whatever, man. <laughs> Send me <laughs> like the Blue Jackets are playing. Just I'm gonna go." But then they locked out, and oh, wow. so now I had this tour. I'm like, I don't want to go to Winnipeg <laughs> for no reason. My dad was like, "You can go see your family." I'm like, again, I don't want to go to Winnipeg <laughs> for no reason. So I had like this tour. We had to do this uh. huge stateside tour. It was with the GIs of Comedy too. Right. Okay. And uh, and then we finished the tour, and then the uh, the players' association agreed to uh, a contract like the week after we finished the tour. I'm like, you motherfuckers. Uh, maybe wow. maybe it was all planned according to your tour. Well, it was also you know, the, you're the, <laughs> the Mayan uh, uh, calendar. The Mayan cal uh, so I was like, oh, that's right. I, I wasn't sure the world was going to end, but I was prepared for yeah, it. Okay. That's right. I remember that John Cusack film. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. That, that was, terrible movie. Well, you that thought that the first sign that. of the world ending was the NHL lockout. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what yeah. I, okay. I was like, <laughs> I was, <laughs> the players decided their contract. Yeah, I was like, all right, the world's about to and end. And that was all the right. first sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> yes, that's that that's in the Bible. Thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you mentioned family in Winnipeg too, because it, it just as an aside, that's who's playing Montreal right now. So your fam oh, nice. your family must be kicking off right now. In yeah, the, probably. In the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot. And you mentioned uh, so you mentioned the GIs of Comedy, which is uh, is a it's a group of uh, military veterans, right? That that perform comedy, and you started that group, right? Right. So how does that how did that happen? How did you like come up with the idea and all that stuff? You know? So I was uh, I'm an army vet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Combat wounded Purple Heart recipient, United States Army. Yeah, um, wow, we got to talk about all this other stuff. And too, um, I, I was medically retired from the Army after I got shot in Iraq. And then. Uh, wow. Okay, so wait, I mean, we can't just jump over. <laughs> I mean, I like, you're, oh, you're, no, you're giving away, like. Skirt over it, but I'm, like, but we got to talk about it. Like, okay, so you got shot got in shot Iraq. Right. How did. How, wait, I mean, obviously it's at war, but, like, yeah. who did it? I mean, uh, <laughs> I, his, name was, <laughs> his name was Jeff. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, no, no, I don't know how he moved that day. <laughs> Jeff was that about the NHL logout. <laughs> he was a soccer guy. <laughs> tired of me talking shit about soccer. No, I was uh, I was in the army. I deployed to Iraq 2003, first year of the war. Oh. Um, so and how old were you at this time? You want to say 24. I retired when I was 26. So. Yeah, that's Maybe. nice. We're somewhere in the same. Yeah. But I mean, it's well, not nice that you got shot. <laughs> I had to get shot in the head for it. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Hola, 
that's silver lining <laughs> Ramos over <laughs> here. Just, he's, uh, uh, must, must, must be nice. Tell us, tell us again about the headache you had. Is that is that what it was yeah. that made you retire? A little bump. Of my dad actually told my mom I hit my head on a door because she saw a photo of me with a bandage on oh, my head. So she didn't know. He didn't want. Like uh, when I call when, after. So I guess we should clarify. We're jumping all over the place. Yeah, let's just. Let's so I uh, I deployed to Iraq in 2003. I was a uh, I was opcon to a team for the special forces group, and we we went out on a mission. Uh, April 3rd, 2003. It was a couple days after I got into Iraq. Four days actually after I got. Like into you usually got there and like we right crossed, away. We so crossed the border on a Sunday, and my first mission outside. Crossing the border to where? From Kuwait into Iraq. Ah. Uh, my first mission outside the wire was on Thursday, April 3rd. Because also, like, they don't give you – so right away, as soon as you go in there, they, like, go. Like, they don't give you, like, a week of, like – I don't know. I don't know. To party and hang out? I don't know. I've never been in there. First, first we have a kegger down by the river. No, no. But I mean, I'm, like, getting used <laughs> to the time zone. Well, I don't know. Well, okay. Well, no, in his defense, he's right because yeah. we got to Kuwait – in January of 2003. The war didn't yeah. start till March. Okay. So we were in January and we were in Kuwait ramping up. Got it. So you were ramping okay, up. Okay. Right. And then the war popped off, I think, March 22nd. Okay. Um, and about a week later, my team, because my, my unit got chopped off to a bunch of different units, meaning a team went over to work with the Brits, a team went to work for the 82nd Airborne, oh. another team went to work for... They like to help the other ones. Yes, no. augment um, with uh, our particular set of skills, uh, which is a weird thing to say because yeah, very not, taken, not taken, not no. very taken. I was what, a radio what? guy. You were the radio guy. Yeah, I was a communication sergeant, so oh. I was uh, I was super smart on like I'm a nerd, so like I was super smart on radios. I, mean, I work on radios. That's what my grandfather was. Uh, that's great to know now. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much technology now. Yeah. So it's like oh, it, absolutely. I mean, you're that's not. Why I still yeah, have a so career. You in radio. who has the laptop. But like, so you were like, okay, so you got uh, three days after they send you with uh, you. He's on his first mission. First mission. First uh, mission. With who? Who Fifth you? The special were? forces group. Okay. So I was attached to them, and uh, they took us out on a recon mission. And on that recon mission, uh, we drove into a gunfight, and I got shot. Wow. So you were just driving, and all of a sudden, they st somebody started shooting. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Well, there's a it, there's a lot more to it than that. There was already a gunfight happening, and we drove into it. Oh, I thought I was reading too. Uh, but it was why a sniper bullet was in yeah. there, correct? That's that took you near yeah. the head. Yeah. So, yeah. so the there were a group of Marines in that area already engaged in a firefight. Okay. Uh, but because the Marines didn't want to fucking radio and tell the rest of the they should have known. Hey, we're getting yeah. shot. Don't yeah. come here. Either they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't, or they weren't on the right frequency. Yeah. That's the easy way of setting it, because uh, it's secured communications. Mm -hmm. So either they didn't, they weren't on the right secure frequency, or they just didn't radio us. We didn't know that they were engaged in a gunfight, so we drove into it. Oh man! And uh, so one of the they were basically an FM. You guys were an AM, something like and that. And you're like, well, they can't. <laughs> you know what? That is I a great way like, to put it. They're like driving. They're yeah. like, well, we don't hear anything. Let's keep going. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. But uh, so. We were in a convoy with a couple of SF gun trucks, Special Forces gun trucks, and uh, a couple of um, FID gun trucks. And, and it's not, one of the things people don't understand about uh, the Special Forces mission is... I mean, I'm not understanding anything you're saying right, right now. <laughs> of your vocabulary, I'm like, I'm trying to like pretend I'm, I'm not in, like pretending. I'm like, fake con... Yeah, I know what that is. No, so you're FID, still angry that there wasn't a good time before the war. There was a good time before the war. Uh, so FID stands for Foreign Internal Defense. So okay. the mission of... A special forces team, which is a 12-man team. It's a 12-man special forces ODA team. 12-man team that does the job of a 500-man 
regular infantry. And you were one of those 12? I was attached to that team. Okay. So their main jo- one of their main jobs is called Foreign Internal Defense, which means they train the local indigenous population of a country to fight that war. So instead of sending yeah. in an entire group or battalion of special forces soldiers, you send in 12 to do, yeah, the door kicking and the counterintelligence, but their main job is to teach the local militia to fight that war. Yeah. So they're they're augmenting the force. Yeah, this is by the way, I'm 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 going to put this as what I saw from the last samurai <laughs> when Tom Cruise goes in and helps. Please. Ca- is yes. it kind of like that? I mean, kind of like. Yeah. That. Yeah, he's kind of like he would be one part of the special forces because he was teaching everybody how yes. to he's, how he's to use guns. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So the problem is... <laughs> that's where you learn all your military tactics. Yes. Is it the last samurai starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, so because their job includes training foreign internal defense forces, mm-hmm. we were in a convoy with th- two or three Iraqi gun trucks. Uh. So the Marines, who were already in a gunfight, saw uh. a truck full of Iraqis so with AK-47s being trailed by a convoy of army special forces so they're like well we're being flanked so they start shooting our guys start shooting the guys that the marines were shooting at in the first place start shooting and then it's a shit show holy shit so So everybody was shooting at each other so you don't know who shot you uh not officially no the The oh, report they don't I figure got. out if it was friendly fire or if it was Well, it was from enemy. a 7.62, uh, so that's a higher caliber round than American forces shoot. We fi- shoot right. fire 5.56 five, out of a, like an M4 so or an I'm M16. I'm pretty sure it was the enemy then. Yeah. yeah. So it was a 7.62. Um, they know that. And you were just a radio guy. Yes. I mean, but you were like also ready to. Yes. You know, it's not like you're. <laughs> I mean, uh, Everybody's uh, got a role. But. Yeah. I, mean, this is I was I was just the cook, <laughs> as Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I I was gonna. Yes. But by the way, I did. I also by the way, I also got shot in <laughs> Afghanistan. Oh no! Don't do this. No, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I did. You know, like the you know entertain for right, the troops. You right. know, yeah. we're in a. <laughs> no, we the gig didn't go well. <laughs> no, 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 but we no, we was like we were going from one another base to another base, and we we're flying, and the, and then in this. Oh, like, you mean you got shot at? Yeah, I got shot at. Okay, you did shoot. say you got yeah. shot. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> no, no, I didn't get shot. You know. Glad we're clarifying. That would be nice, and I would have been retired by this time. No. All right, easy there, <laughs> head wound Francisco. <laughs> no, but I got, yeah, like, so I we were flying, and then all of a sudden, like, there's, like, flares coming mm-hmm. out of the plane, and I was like, and then all the guys who were military just grabbed their guns, yep. and I was with, like, Byron Bowers <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I forget his name, Trey. Oh, yeah, he were like, we got scary yeah. Yeah, shit. Byron was like, <laughs> I think sometimes I, they I'm do that to put a show on. Too, no, no, the no, because the guy, no, because the guys got like that, yeah. and then, and then all of a sudden, what I was to me, the, what I always remember is like we asked this guy who was next to it, and he's like, "Dude, aren't you like scared? Because we're like scared." Because I was, I was like, "Fuck, I came here to, to do shows, and I'm gonna get killed." The guy's like, "Hey, if we die, we die." I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was, I went back to Iraq in 2008 to do stand up. Yeah, with, uh, with two cats from uh, one from Texas, Jerry. Rocha? No, not Jerry Rocha. Jerry, uh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, and uh, Chris, Chris something from Indianapolis. Anyway, so I was the only guy who had, had any like military yeah. training experience. Anyway, yeah. And we were in a couple of Blackhawks flying back from a gig. Uh-huh. And from the corner of my eye, I see a flash. And then I grabbed my seat and both Blackhawks banked hard. So you knew already. Yeah. Oh, wow. So 
the birds banked, and then Jerry goes, what the fuck was that? I was like, I'll tell you when we get back, because you don't want to know right now. Right. Well, so, that's what they told me, because when I, they, they, obviously, when they, they were like, oh, no, that was nothing, you know, yeah, and yeah. then when I got here, yeah. they were like, no, if they threw flares, it's because they actually shot yeah. it. Yeah, they threw no. flares to well, they, throw they, off the, uh, whatever RPG was firing at us. Yeah. So, we landed, and uh, he was like, what was that? I was like, it was an RPG. He goes, what's that? It's like a rocket-propelled grenade. He goes, don't they know we're comedians? I'm like, they don't, there's no smiley face on the side <laughs> of the like, oh, That one's off. okay. It, it says U.S. Army. doesn't have a fucking yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yellow face with a smile on it. It was like, well, we're just comics. I was like, they don't give a shit. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so I've done a lot of the, I've done the decompression for the troops in Cyprus and stuff like that. But they, Wait, see, sometimes that? they play, well, that is, it's the opposite of what you wanted, which is the good time that you get after you're in theater from the war. They actually have to send a lot of the troops. Uh, it's a lot of set up in Cyprus. But it's to get them to decompress before they go back to their home countries. Oh, God, I got it. Oh, so a I lot didn't of, get any of that. A lot of, no. yeah. You well, didn't get any of that? Nope. It might, the British might need it more <laughs> than the Americans. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe. yeah, the Brits, yeah, yeah. Because the British have a really bad um, reputation for going home. They, you know, the spousal abuse and everything when they, if they uh, return to from the so I know you yeah, have that yeah, problem, yeah. too. Sorry, I wasn't at all trying to <laughs> no, be a little, but, uh, <laughs> but basically, um, our, so when the troops that we were with, they would do that sometimes as a prank to make us feel that we were under uh, threat. Okay, okay. And they would admit it later on, you know, okay. after they get their one beer and are hanging out with us after the show. They're like, yeah, we weren't actually under threat. Yeah. We just wanted to terrify you guys. And it yeah. fucking works. Yeah. It, no, no, it, it was scary. Exactly that. Yeah. But that, so then you got, so uh, so after you got shot, you know, like, hot, like, I mean, it was. I was like, back to work in a week. Like that's, but like you're shot in the head. Yeah. And like, yeah, but I mean, like, what? Yeah, like were I would have been like, were they I'm out. That you at least do a little rehab and relaxation. That, that and week was my rehab. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But is that a thing that? Okay, so is that a I thing mean, like <laughs> pu somebody's pushing you, or you're going like, no, I'm. No, good. it was me. That was, was all you. Yeah, I remember the night I got shot. I, I climbed in the back of our big. We call it an LMTV. It's a big truck, basically. And I sat down with my team sergeants, and I was like, "Hey guys, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel." After today, but I'm going back to work tomorrow. They're like at least a week. So, because oh, I I had 18 and 19 year old kids that were like just out of high school and basic training and advanced training who were like, shit, our sergeant just got shot like the fourth day. Like if I, I felt like if I had left, if I had freaked out and left, well, those kids had no no hope. Right. Because so you did it. Okay. Okay. So I was like, so my job as an NCO, as non commissioned officer, is to take care of these kids. That's one of my jobs. Oh, okay. So if okay. I leave, well, then they either don't have a leader or they're going to get chopped out to a different platoon oh, or a different team. God, and God, God knows those those guys had. Which more is shit true because when I went to there, that's one thing that kind of like a little shock for me was when I, after the shows, you know, you would meet the, the, the military personnel and they're like some of them were like literally like, they're babies. Yeah, like kids and i was like wow like yeah. i mean like yeah like kids and yeah. i was like 18 years old they're yeah. babies they let's don't know not, what i mean uh, yeah, let's like, not forget at home that stand-up comedy is the hardest job in the world everybody there's <laughs> it <laughs> it, feel, it feels a lot this, uh, like combat sometimes. yeah wow and well, then, buddy thank you so much for your service I, that's it yeah that's yeah, awesome i mean that's that's and, and now it makes sense for you to be like because i'm going like why did you not but you're like no i had to as a leader to these kids and like oh okay so that's really good yeah. of you to yeah. to be able to be like you know what i have to stay for them because so that's awesome so then after so how did the whole uh gis of comedy kind of like thing idea started or like began 
So uh, we'll fast forward to me moving to Los Angeles. I, I came home, I retired uh, from the army. After how long time? How much? Time? A year. I had to like I had to like a year left on my contract, but because I was combat ineffective, they were just like, "Don't do this anymore." Uh-huh. Uh, that's the short way of saying what happened. Um, so uh, I had a heart attack when I was 26. What? And my doctors at the VA said, uh, "Hey man, what?" Has nothing to do with the shot. Oh no, it, not not directly. But it, like I came home, my roommate had been killed right before I I left Iraq. I had oh. friends killed after I got home. Um, and I, I retired and I was like, well, now what do I do? Cause I just spent like the last decade of my life yeah, as a you, soldier. When did you start it as a soldier and being in the military? I, I enlisted when I was 18. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. While I was still in high school. Oh, and wow. I left right after high school. So now, uh, I was not in the army anymore. I was drinking a lot. Like, so are do. you a military fan? And then if your father, or yep. your father was, okay. My dad was right. and grandpa. And did Michael. you do it because of that? Not directly, nice. but partly. Partly. Um, I mean, it was, I mean, also, you gotta understand my family came from a communist country when my father was a prisoner of war fighting for freedom in his own country, and we got to come to the United States. Like, I got this opportunity to do this thing that at some point all of our families got the opportunity to do, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people have forgotten that. Mm -hmm. They've forgotten that a hundred years ago their families came from. Ireland, or yeah. two hundred years ago, their families came from England, yeah. or their this their families. You know, like they forget that the, this opportunity was given to them. Mm-hmm. And, but I am forty years old, and that opportunity came thirty eight years ago. And yeah. my father was a prisoner of war. My grandfather was killed in the war. My uncle was killed in the war. So it's not something that I forgot. Yeah. So it was partly. I'm going to give back to this country that has adopted me and given me the opportunity to yeah. literally tell dick jokes for a living. Like, mm-hmm. I bought a house with money I used telling dick yeah. jokes. Yeah. So, I feel so like... this is the house that Dick built. Literally the that house that Dick's Dick built. have built. Yes, this is the house that Dick's built. There's, I mean, Dick's, several Dick's. At least a couple. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons to join the Army. Um, but then uh, I... I Got home, I drank and I got fat and I drank some more and I got even fatter and uh, had a heart attack when I was like 26. And oh, the doctor gosh. was like, hey man, when was the last time you smiled? I was like 2002, before the war started. This was like 2006. Oh. So he's like, you gotta, I remember my, my girlfriend at the time had to take me to the VA because I was like, ah, my fucking arm hurts. Like, my chest hurts. Something oh. smells funny. She was a doctor oh, at the shoot. time. So she's like, wow. okay, well, we have to go to the doctor right was now. The de- and the heart attack was due to just being depressed? Depression, alcoholism, just ah. like I was eating so was steaks just every day. I mean, so it wasn't something. So was, what's, I mean, it's funny because sometimes you think heart attack is kind of like a thing that, you know, genetically well, happens. His diet was really bad. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. that's how I'm saying. Have you seen like, pictures of me when I was 26? Uh, yeah, it's uh, fucking why? Yeah, because you're like so in shape right now. So I don't. I'm always seeing every time I'm ever since I met you, you always been like in shape. So I yeah. Never, I mean, I I w- before I started doing stand up, I started like kind of get my shit together. Yeah. Like I started playing in bands. Um. Then I you know I was like I don't like people, so I need to do a thing that I can do by myself. This is a situation Stand-up. where you had to hit rock bottom before you went. It very right, much was. It's time now. Very, I, now I can go back and climb out of this. Like yeah. A, like a phoenix. Uh. Exactly. I went on a vacation with a girlfriend, the same one that took me to the hospital, and uh, there's a photo of us on a beach in Mexico, and I looked at that photo, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Mm. 
that that is unacceptable. And you were talking about your girlfriend. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I was like, who is that guy with her? Where am I? Why am I taking this picture? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, there's a photo of me, and there's a before and after photo of me. I think I posted one on my Instagram uh, on my birthday this year, where it was like me at 26 or whatever it was. I was like 200 pounds. Wow. And just, nice. it was unacceptable as a soldier for me to look like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's I was like, all right, well, I got to get myself back in a f literally fighting shape. So, mm -hmm. Man, is there anything about you that's not inspirational? Because <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, man. <laughs> I was like. Serves this country. I, I mean, I'm, I always feel bad, like, <laughs> making jokes. I'm trying to, like, give it, like, what about this? But then he goes back and says something <laughs> yeah, yeah, even. <laughs> he goes back and says something even nicer. And I'm like, wow, that joke sucks. Holy, holy <laughs> shit. It's like, fuck. Francisco and yeah. I are going to go into a spiral of depression. I mean, what have we done? Yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to be like, well, like... Uh, like we could have skipped this whole thing. Remember got, when I was like, we're going to glance over the gunshot no, and go no, right no, to comedy. No. This was your fault. <laughs> this is the reason, like, I, I didn't advance on last comic standing. I didn't have anything like this. I mean, like, well, I came from Venezuela and learned English. And I'm here now. I'm here now. And he's like, well, I got you. I was like, okay. Uh, no, 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 but like, so then, okay, so then how did the whole, so after all this, okay, so I, GIs of I started comedy. doing stand-up comedy. I was on the road for a while. I started, and that's something uh, you always wanted to do or just, nope, never. Why did you think, why did you pick stand-up? Um, so I, I, I loved stand-up comedy, but it was never a thing that I was like, I'm going to do this. Okay. I was never in my But you were house. a fan of it. Oh yeah. My, I mean, I was seven when I saw Delirious because oh, okay. my parents are terrible at their job uh, <laughs> and they let a seven-year-old <laughs> fucking watch Delirious. But, um... I loved doing comedy. So when I was in college, I took a class called Voice and Diction because I, I work on the radio, and this class was supposed to help you find your voice. Nice. I should. I would have taken. I should have taken. So the final project was uh, the teacher wanted you to take a scene from your favorite movie and do it in your own voice. Like my buddy Sean did it. Did a scene from Boiler Room or whatever. And I said, Hey, I've always liked stand up comedy. Can I try writing stand up comedy? Can I do that as my final project? They said, "Yeah, you got four months to do it." You know, because he gave us a syllabus day one, and he said, "This is your final project." So, wow, I said, "You got four months to do it." And it took me four months and five hours to write five six minutes. minutes of material. <laughs> yeah, and um, without trying it, without tr well, I mean, I I still I still do my jokes when I write them the same way I did them then. I will write the jokes out, and then I will drive around and do the jokes out loud in my car. In the voice of William Shatner, because ah, okay. that's a layered process. Because then it's not me <laughs> selling telling the jokes; it's William Shatner doing uh, it. But I'm also finding the pacing and the pauses and uh, yeah. the inflections. That's a very unique process. But I'm not hearing. Say. Yeah, I'm not hearing me do it. I'm right. hearing Shatner yeah. do it. Yeah. So I, that's how I. I did that in that class. Yeah. And, um, I was going to say because that technically does mean that your first gigs were in front of a classroom, which I technically would yeah think that's a weird odd. That's not even a that's not a comedy audience. No, it was it was a theater a audience. Students. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't remember it going well. But my buddy Sean, who is now out, no, he's in Denver now. He was out here. He was a pro podcast producer out here for a while. He he came on my old podcast and he was like, "You killed." I was like, "I don't remember that because it bl I blanked out." Yeah, I wish I had it on video. I've actually found, uh, I wrote out 
like that notes. set. Oh, okay, yeah. But it's word for word. Yeah. And it's, I mean, because that was my first time doing stand up. Uh, yeah. But I found it. And it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it is right. the worst shit ever. Yeah. Uh, but he said I did really well. And then. Uh, I just say that because I, so I was, I mean, I, I took a, I, I do have a health degree and right. everything, but I would rather speak for my, uh, my end uh, assignments in university. Mm. So I did a lot of verbal assignments and stuff. I had to do one which was the history of leisure. <laughs> and I did the history of witchcraft. Nice. And it was kind of, you know, and I went and got some dried ice and did an effect and had some right. Steve Vai music playing and had a few jokes. And I actually had a couple jokes that I've used in my stand-up career oh, since nice. then. But I, so I relate to that story yeah. because I, for, for me in those classes, it was an option though. You could write a paper or you could right. do a five-minute thing. And I found it uh, interesting how few people would rather talk well, you know, through their projects. You know the saying, like, in. most more people would rather die than have to stand up in front of an audience yeah. and, and talk. I mean, we are, by virtue of what we do, we're like the exception the exception to the rule. So I did stand up. I did that. That was in college. That was my first time. I think I did a set at another comedy club once, and then Iraq happened, and then I deployed, and then wow. nothing was funny for four years. Mm-hmm. So when I came home, I started working on the radio, uh, back on the radio. And the guy that worked on the morning show with me owned a comedy club. And, uh, and this was where? This was in Buffalo, New York. And it was my home comedy club. Because he came to me one day and he's like, hey, we need somebody to host radio station now. And it's literally just get on stage before the comic and goes, hey, welcome to 97 Rock Nights. I'm Tom. Here are your specials. Like, it's just a thing radio people do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he knew that, you know, I liked comedy. So gave me a shot and then he would feed me jokes and then i got a little better and a little better until somebody finally like took me on the road and then i I was a road comic for a little while uh and then i I moved to new york for a hot minute did not like the smell of the hudson river in august i was like i'm out uh i came to la to visit um on vacation a friend of mine from high school lived in redondo beach so i I came to visit just to see what the scene was like out here Mm -hmm. did my first spot ever at the store in the belly room. Mm. Noel O'Grobly yeah. booked it. I got the gig off of Craigslist. Oh, really? It was a bringer. I didn't know what a bringer was. Craigslist. Yeah. 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 I was, but they, hold yeah. on. Hold on. They put gigs in yeah. Craigslist. Yeah. 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 I, I think I remember what? Yeah. seen that stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I learned more about the LA comedy <laughs> scene all the time. <laughs> but uh, it was. Um, it was under casual encounters. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> missed, right. missed opportunities. Right. Um, so I did a, a set at the belly ro- in the belly room. Um, it had to be 2007. Yeah, it had to be 2007. And you remember, I was a road guy. Like, I didn't know what a bringer show was. I'd never heard of a bringer show. Yeah. And he was, he was like, yeah, it's a bringer show. So just bring some people. I was like, I don't know anybody. I'm yeah. visiting. And I talked my buddy and his roommates into coming to, to see my set. And uh, I still have this on video, and thank God that I do. Nice. But now, again, I'm a road comic, and I lived in New York for a little while, like fighting for spots there. And then I come to L.A., and the kid that went up before me, and I hand to God I have this on video, mm-hmm. and it's somewhere on my Facebook page. The kid before me ends his set with, hey, everybody, if you liked my set, do me a favor, give me a big round of applause because my agents are here. <laughs> I thought it was a setup for a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had he had papered the room with his friends because he had representation there, and he wow. had an, an ascot on. Oh, he man. looked like a gayer version of Freddie from Scooby Doo. <laughs> wow. 
And that's how he ended his set. And I remember thinking, if that's what comedy is in L.A., I'm going to fucking rule this town. <laughs> so I went up after him, and it was, you know, they cheered because they were his friends. Yeah. The people who weren't were confused. <laughs> yeah. And I went up, and I took a flamethrower to the comedy store. Nice. Um, what I thought was a flamethrower. Because yeah. I, I watched that video now. I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. But it was also but fucking I, 12 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also went up after a kid who asked people yes. to clap Yeah, for that's him. amazing. Yeah. That's, uh, so like after Jeb that. Jeb Bush. Oh, my God. Please. Please applaud. Please applaud. Please applaud. Um, <laughs> so I did that set. Very important. And I was like. Well, this is the place I have to be because if that's because in New York I'm competing against yeah. Chris Rock, fucking Patrice Colin Quinn, Patrice yeah. O'Neill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Norton. Like yeah, I could yeah. not get a spot in the city to yeah. save my life. Yeah, and then my first spot in L.A. I got to go up against this kid. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going back <laughs> and I'm taking all my shit and I'm moving back here. And I did. Yeah, went home. Like uh, I went I went back to New York, packed up my shit, uh, went to see my dad in Buffalo, and I was like, hey, remember how I said I was moving to New York? Well, I'm moving to LA. Uh, so, and what did he say? He was like, "My dad is the fucking. I don't know if he just gave up. Because we're talking for a upstate while. New York, where yeah, you yeah. were living, right? Yeah, so, Buffalo. Cl- Buffalo. Yeah. so it's actually right. So that's yeah. um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a, that's being close to the Canadian border. We, I could see Canada from my apartment. Right. Literally, see Canada. I look over the Niagara River, and I could see yeah. Fort Erie. So he could see the free health care. I have yeah. I still have a fake ID from high school because you only have to be 19 to drink in, in yeah. Ontario. Oh, in, oh, in Ontario. Right? Yeah. So I just uh, have a fake ID from high school. It uh, says nice. I was 19. That's so wild. I, I uh, lived in Victoria for a while in British Columbia. My, right. mil- I'm a military kid. Okay. So my, my, my whole family's military. So we always got posted every three right. years. But when I was in Victoria, I went to Seattle to get my fake IDs. <laughs> <laughs> so we've each got these stories like sneaking over the border. Only I went from Canada to America because there was a guy in Seattle who right. would who would do the fake IDs. Um, then I could take it back to right. Canada ah, to funny. use it. I have the greatest mm-hmm. Tim Hortons story. So oh, I'm yeah? from Buffalo. So yeah, Tim yeah. Hortons is a hot dog, or it's a it's yeah. a coffee place. You know Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. used to, uh, the guy Tim Horton actually used to play for the Buffalo Sabers. Oh, anyway, uh, okay. So I'm a we're, but Canada and Buffalo, big Tim Hortons fan. So we did a gig at Fort Knox, Kentucky. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere near Canada yeah. or Buffalo. We get in and uh, we go to the hotel and we're like, hey, we need some coffee. Like, we just flew in. We got to go talk to the colonel. Like, where can we get coffee? And this lady goes, there's a place around the corner. Just go down the street, turn right. We go down there. And it's a fucking Same. Tim Hortons on Fort Knox. In Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> it's yeah. Kentucky. No reason. There's no hockey team. There's nothing. No How many nearby. Tim Hortons are there yeah. in America, period? Like I, nine. I, yeah, and nine. eight of them are in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So me and another guy from the GIs were both from Buffalo. Okay. And we are freaking out at this point because we both live in L.A. We yeah. haven't had Tim Hortons in a decade. We're like, why is there a Tim Hortons here? Yeah. And uh, the, like, we grabbed the manager. We're like, we need to know. <laughs> Um, and apparently, so while some troops were from Fort Knox were in Afghanistan, they were working with the CFB, Canadian oh, yeah. Forces, uh, the Canadians had a mobile Tim Hortons. And when the Canadians left, they took that mobile Tim Hortons with them. So the troops from Fort Knox, like, fucking boycotted. They're like, we're not working until, I don't know oh, how they wow. did this because it's the Army, but they were like, we're going to, you know, do the get minimum Tim until Horton? we get a Tim Hortons. Oh, no, Jeez. this isn't going to help. Canadians are going to start <laughs> to think they're sane. And the, all, all the Canadians with their Tim Hortons addictions are the, going to go, we're justified now. Yeah. Well, the colonel was like, 
Okay, listen, I'll tell you what. You guys kick ass the rest of this deployment, and there will be a tin port waiting for you when you get back. Wow. So he kept his word. The soldier's like, cool. We'll we'll kick we'll finish this mission. We'll kick ass, and then there's gonna be a Tim Hortons when we get back. So there's a Tim Hortons on Fort Knox, crazy. Kentucky, because of the Canadians. Wow, um, see that? Yeah, very. It's magical stuff. The old Tim Hortons. <laughs> man. So anyway, I moved to LA. Uh, I did that side. I moved to LA in May 2008 um, to to do stand up comedy to make a living as a stand up comic, uh, which I didn't know. <laughs> You can't do in L. A. Yeah, in New York you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. You in New can York live off that. because you don't have to. As people don't know, in stand up in New York, you, there's so many spots, and you make a decent yeah. money, and you can live. Oh, but here, no. If I always have to tell people this is a showcase town. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. It's yeah, which showcase. is a way for people for people to use. Something. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna use you for free. Yeah, in yeah. New York, if you do five or six shows a night, you're making a hundred bucks a spot. Yeah, you know? and you, you can and you make multiply. A yeah, you can live. Yeah, but I didn't know that. Because I was a road comic, yeah. and I lived in New York, so I did not know that you could not actually make a living, yeah, uh, doing comedy. Just so, doing here, just being here. Yeah. So I, you know, I did the actor thing, I did the consulting thing, I did some military consulting, I worked on some movies, uh, and I went back to work on the radio. Okay. Um, to as a host, DJ. Uh, it was like a part-time reporter and DJ. Okay. And then uh, an opportunity came up for with on K Earth One Hundred One, which is the big station out here. They were doing. Um, a benefit for the Bob Hope USO at LAX mm -hmm. with the Laugh Factory. Uh -huh. And they were looking for uh, the world's funniest service member. So okay. it was like, hey, a bunch of comics or a bunch of veterans who want to be comics, they're going to compete, right? Facts. They didn't know that I was a like you were a touring a comic. Yeah. comic. So it was like a bunch of dudes who wanted to do stand-up. Like, yeah. And then, and then you. Me. And I was the ringer. So I won uh, three years in a row. Wow. And the third year they went, you can't do this again. <laughs> like you can't keep coming back because yeah, you're yeah. going to win. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped. But after that first year, because um, one of the things I wanted to do after I left the Army was like I wanted to keep serving. I was an NCO. I was a non-commissioned officer. My job was to take care of soldiers. Mm. So I wanted to go back to Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever and perform for the troops because there hasn't been a name in military entertainment like Bob Hope since Bob Hope. Yeah. Yeah, you get the Robin Williams and the uh, the Rob Riggles. And, you know, you get dudes going back, but there hasn't been a Bob Hope. I mean, for Christ's sake, it's called the Bob Hope USO Yeah, uh, at LAX. So I had met some comics that night who were veterans. Yeah. Um, so I got this idea in my head for a group of comedians who were military veterans because – you know, as comics, the best way to relate to an audience, or the best way to get laughs is if you can get the audience to relate to you. Of course. And you make your material relatable. Well, I was in Iraq when I had entertainers coming to perform for us. And it was really hard for an 18-year-old to relate to a stoner comic from New York City who was over there. Yeah, you're talking paycheck. about stuff that has, like, dude, right. I just got shot right. yesterday. Like so when, when I decided, hey, this is a niche. Like, there's no group yeah. of comedians that are all veterans with combat experience. I mean, I have combat experience. I think two or three of our guys have combat experience. But I I decided I want to put this group together, and nice. I wanted to make it a thing. And then uh, I didn't know how to do it because I was, like, new to L.A. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. I wasn't passing any clubs. This is how long ago this was. John Lovett's Comedy Club. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, do you remember that? 
I that was just closing when I first moved here. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, so I, I did. I with yeah. the where the the stage was. Uh, you were uh, basically like ten feet above the yep. audience <laughs> and twenty <laughs> feet below the <laughs> other two <laughs> floors. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very weird. But it was right over here. So yeah, in Universal, right here, Universal uh, City. City. Yeah, and it was the. I mean, I can say this now because it's not open. And it doesn't fucking matter. It was the worst fucking club. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Not. I mean, it was a good club, but it was like to hang out. You couldn't hang out. And no. it's reopening, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It's and here's John Lovitz. <laughs> but it was. You had. It was twenty dollars to park. Yeah, it was. And too you had much. to park way over here. And and also like it was funny because you would think like. Oh, a lot of foot traffic is gonna come. Nobody would no. come because everybody's there to go to Universal yeah, Studio stuff. Yeah. It's like nobody wants to do because right. that was used. It used to be the BB King. Used to be BB King's ja- uh, ja- blues bar. Blues bar. Right. So that's why. So right. That's yeah, why which, the setup was the way it was. The way it was. Yeah. But I made some good friends. Um, and I, I learned. It's <laughs> where I met all the Latino comics who all called me Thomas. Ah, yeah. Just, they, I was like, it's Tom. They're like Thomas. <laughs> but uh, that's where I met the first. Or the second GF comedy, because I'm the first one. Um, Can I guess? Jose Sarduy? <laughs> it was Jose Sarduy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was there on a date. and um, you know, At the club? Yeah, well, we were at Universal. Oh, got it, got And it. then I was like, hey, you know, she's like, You're, aren't you a comic? So we went over there. Got it. Um, and we, we popped in, and there was this uh, Cuban guy on stage. Mm-hmm. And um, he was pretty funny. And then he starts talking about being in the Air Force, and I went, well, this is, you know, I've got this idea in my head and I needed mm. to find. Because the other comics that I'd met at the Balbo thing, they were very green. New, yeah, yeah. Very green. Yeah, you need not. people that are, have done it, but also are in the military. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that was, at the time, pretty hard to do, find. Yeah. Now it is. Now there's like a lot. Cat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there now are, you meet so many now. Yeah. There are two groups that spun off of mine. Oh, really? I, I wow. You were like, like, uh, I was going to say like a singer, like, uh, I don't know, something like a singer, like a band and then the solo artist. No, no. Yeah. Well, I fired some people. Oh. Um, But so I I approached him. I actually left my date. I was like, I got to go talk to this guy. (laughs) So I I went over to Jose. I told him what I was doing. And he was new. He was new to town. He's only been in town for a couple months. And I was in town for like two years. But for that first two years, I was doing TV shows, movies and shit like that. So I was basically new to the stand-up scene. Yeah. So I said, hey, man, I want to do this thing. He gave me his number, and we connected. Um, and then I started recruiting a couple of other guys. Nice. And we, that was 2010. And then by 2012, we did our first stateside tour. Uh, we did a bunch of stuff here in L.A. We did, like, the improv. And, I mean, our very, f- very, very first show was the Ventura Harbor Comedy mm-hmm. Club. Mm-hmm. And that was to get ready for our big show at Lovitz. Uh, <laughs> right. So we actually sold out all oh, three wow. floors. Because it was wow. like, it was a niche thing at the time. Yes. It was like a bunch and of And you would get like a bunch of military oh. people to come. Oh yeah, I had the, like the recruiting battalion stuff. Wow. And stuff. So we oh, did that and then we got some, we got some hot press from like the AP and CNN, ABC News and a bunch of other folks did stories on us. Nice. And then we, uh, we did a little stateside tour in like Jersey and then Texas. Yeah, it's a, I, that brings up the question then. You put in a lot of road miles and stuff doing doing that tour. And then you also tour as a musician as well. Yeah. You perform as a musician. Yep. So I'm dying at it because we, we, when we have our musical guests on, I love to ask. And I was a music comic for a while. Oh, were you? Oh. Okay. So, really? so, yeah. so transporting that guitar around yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Did they, like, were you, 
Actually, we had some theft stories. We've had a few, like, wow. was it a pain in the ass? Did, did you find being a musical comic, like, could you, you couldn't wait to sh- to shed the guitar? There was a, that's a, there's a huge reason that I stopped doing musical comedy. Because you got to bring all your shit. You got to bring your gear. You got to show up early. You don't know if the club's got the right equipment. You don't know if their yeah. sound guy's got a DI box. You, you actually have to have right. a sound check. You know, you get, yeah. like, as a comic, you get, like, you want to do a sound check? I'm like, no, yeah. I don't. As long as yeah. the mic works, I'm right. good. Yeah. yeah, my first minute on stage is my sound check. Exactly. Yeah. I literally, you know, and if you can I even make it the money mic. if you have to, or yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, whatever you can. Yeah. But it's it was a huge pain in the ass. I mean, Stephen Lynch is like one of my heroes, one of the most amazing music he's comedians. Um, like I met him at uh, a show in Buffalo, and he's the one that turned me on to music comedy because he found out as a guitarist. He's like, yeah, colleges pay a shit ton of money for musical yeah. comics, mm-hmm. which was fine if you're doing a show at a college and turning around and leaving. But like on the road, if I'm going to a club. Yeah, I'm out on the road for, you know, fucking three, four weeks at a time, mm-hmm. and half. And again, it's my early days, so I didn't have a huge chunk of material. I was like, mm-hmm. music could take up 15 minutes of my act, and then what? And else? then yeah. I gotta fucking stretch out the four yeah. bits that I have. Yeah. But then I, I got to a club, and they didn't have a sound guy, yeah. or their 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 other input didn't work, or for whatever technical reason. The guitar wasn't going to happen. I'm like, well, there's half my set. And I wasn't good enough at the time to go, well, I've got another 30. Like, now I can walk into a club and they're like, hey, do you, you want to do 20 minutes? Yes. I can fucking yeah. pull 20 minutes Very on my back. freeing, pocket. isn't it? Yes. You don't have to. But, like, when I had a, if I was traveling around with a guitar, it was your, like, you had to have it. Right. Because if you lose it, then you're, you're yes. fucked, right? Yeah. 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 And, and then I got to worry about how, like, is my voice going to be okay to sing? Have I been drinking? I was smoking mm. at the time. So. That was right. hard, and I was tuning things down. But then, if I was like playing with my band, I had to tune it a different way. It was a shit show. Like I love music, music comedy if it's good. Like right. Stephen Lynch, fantastic. Yeah. Comics who know four chords and play parodies, fucking yeah. Like hate it. I see because I fucking yeah. the worst shitty comedy. Do you do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll fucking beat you with this microphone right now. I will strangle <laughs> you with this no, microphone. No, no. I just uh, realized that I look like a musical yeah, comedian. He does. Look like uh, he does. <laughs> no, definitely. Not. No, what's what? No, what? What? That's what I was gonna ask because it's like I don't know who Stephen Lynch is. Okay. So I haven't. So, but yeah, the only musical comic that I know is the one that you just described. Right? Yeah. When the you know the one that I've seen is like Brian, and then yeah. say that you know, which is kind of like you're not doing music. It's right. more like you're pairing your jokes with something else. Stephen Lynch was a classically trained musician who is unbelievably talented on the guitar. He yeah. might as well be the Eddie Van Halen of guitar oh, comedy. Wow. He's very funny. He does one-man shows. He well. does one-man shows. He so was actually, he stopped good. doing comedy for a while because he got the lead in the Broadway production of Wedding Singer. Oh, wow. That's so he's cool. an amazing singer, an incredible songwriter, a great musician, and an unbelievable guitarist. Yeah, so yeah. like, yeah. and as a guitarist, I mean, I, yeah. seem, I play in bands. I have literally 44 guitars. And like, I grew up. 43, I'm taking one. Please, they sit literally sitting <laughs> on my bed. Um, Great, I, I can't wait to see the Francisco Ramos musical yeah. act. No, I want to take it three. just to have. He's got three it. chords. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use it. I'm gonna be like, this was owned by Tom Trent. Oh, you could do a great song about but words. Yeah, <laughs> but as a, a musician, like an actual musician, like I grew up watching Eddie Van Halen and Richie Sambora and Steve Vai. And yeah, Jesse you Adriani. know music. Yeah. yeah, I was a shredder. So when I see not just comedians, anyone who's just like, I know four chords and I can play most of the songs from 
the 80s all right cool but don't yeah that, like <laughs> you know well like, that's the thing i think with stand-up too like i think like when people like that are not stand-up or whatever you know they see stuff and they're like oh this is i can do that or whatever you know and then as when we're you know stand-ups i've done it you know professionally like us for a long time you know it's 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 like we see stand-up and we see uh somebody doing it and we're not laughing but we know oh they did that mm-hmm. oh that's cool how they took this you know like we right. which is what I feel like, you know, uh, professional musicians do when they hear uh, a song or they, you know, they just go like they're not they're just listening to other stuff that I'm not even right. paying attention to. Like, oh, why the way that they did this stuff and the bridge yeah. or whatever, you know, all this stuff, which is like which I think is what you see, what you're saying. You know, yeah, you're, I mean, Steven and maybe Bo Burnham are the only comics I can think of off the top oh, of my Bob, head. He's also yeah. Bob Arnold. Oh, yeah, because he's a pianist. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pianist. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, a very funny musician actually comes to my mind because Ben Folds is hilarious yeah. live. Yeah. And it's uh, quite John quite Mayer is fucking I, hilarious, yeah. so there's, too. So there's a lot of Weirdly, and that comedy. upsets me But they're so professional. Much. They're professional but they're musicians. musicians, yes. But um, and they're not calling themselves stand-up. I mean, they wouldn't call themselves stand-up. Yeah. I don't think Stephen Hodge I've never heard Stephen Hodge call himself stand-up. I've, I know that I've seen a couple of his yeah. one-man shows and stuff, but he's just a unique entity. He's Yeah, he's an incredible. Like He's got a special that he shot at the... What's that place over on Wilshire? Not the not the Wheel Turn. It's a little closer to like the La Brea Tar Pits. Mm. Um, no idea. Okay, anyway. So he shot a, <laughs> he shot a special down there, and it's fantastic. I love it. Troubadour. No. Um, but like... If you're, for me as a musician, if you're going to use <sighs> an instrument, shitty. yeah, if you're going to use an Make instrument, be, know about be it. proficient at it. Yeah. Because right. for me, when you play four chords or just play one chord and talk over it, then it's a prop. Yeah. Then yeah, it's no, just yeah, a prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is kind of the point that we want to get to with the, with the traveling and everything because cause that's I just stopped that, that, doing that value it because of having of, that yeah. guitar on the road with you has to be an ultimate yes. you know, trump card. And, and then you discard it, you get that freedom, and you're like, okay, these words and, and not having to haul this thing and yeah. pay excise charges every time I go on a plane or anything like that is a huge benefit. It's so literally a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. Because I'm not hauling around this guitar and this cable and pedals and tuners and whatever. Yeah. Like, I literally have an $11,000 acoustic guitar that's like, when I play out with my band and I'm making money with my band, you know, yeah, right. okay, then that's it's worth it. But if I'm... But I, you're working and you're best yeah. you got hired to right. play. Yeah. But if I'm hauling out a multi-thousand dollar guitar to do stand-up, that's not... Listen. It's not like... Yeah. Yeah, unless I'm doing an entire set of music, which yeah, at one point I thought for about, a specific but. show right. or whatever. But yeah, I think so. I wanted to also go back and traveling because you were traveling the GIs of comedy, like with traveling with like is it four people that were in it or five or um, there are as many as fourteen now. But and but when you would travel at what at every uh, you know for a tour, it would be oh, like oh, I what? would pick uh, you know, I'd send out teams of. Four or six. Oh, so um, you would you would you would right. do a different team? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, depending on like, is it going to be an army base? Is it going to be an air force base? Is it oh, going okay. to be some like I'll if it's a base that I've, you know, I was stationed at and I want to get back there, I'll go. If it's if it's an air force base, I'll send Jose. If we're going to a navy base, I'll send the the navy guys. So I was gonna ask like in terms of traveling as a group, like is like how. You know, was it how annoying or how hard it is to like? It's the worst shit in the world. Oh, okay. right. Like people, people say hurting comedians is like hurting cats. It is not. 
because well, I can open are nice. <laughs> I can open a can of tuna, my cats will come running. Yeah, yeah. The amount of cocaine and hookers I need <laughs> right. to fucking wrangle comedians yeah. is insane. You're opening a can of tuna and they're like, yeah. I'm not hungry. Yeah. Plus, I got two <laughs> vegans on the fucking tour with me. So yeah, yeah they're definitely not eating. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's. I think one of the, the reasons I got burned out from being on the road. Yeah. I've talked to Enrique about this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't it's just tough a comic. The ro- you were uh, I was a, the, manager, I was a road, manager, a road manager, the producer, the the travel agent, the dietitian. Uh, you know, because. Again, I yeah, and that's annoying too because I feel like you can't even concentrate on that much on your stand up nope, because can't. like you're dealing with all the other stuff yeah. and it's like you can't actually That's exactly burn. what it was. Yeah. And then I got burned out. Yeah. I really like I got to the point where like I don't want to travel anymore. Mm-hmm. And I would send out the teams without me. I would literally like two overseas tours. I was like, guys, go without me because I can't. Uh, I mean, I was also running things back here. There was yeah, you weren't like organizing the administrative stuff, but you yeah. weren't like at least over there like dealing with all the right. little Everyday I, stuff. I sent a group to Iraq. No, I, no, I sent them to Afghanistan. And while they were gone, I got a call from the Pentagon. They were like, oh, hey, we have an Iraq tour for you. I was like, they're not even back from Afghanistan <laughs> yet. Wow. And had I been there with them, that would have fallen onto a voicemail that I would have gotten two weeks uh, later after I got back. So, like, again, I'm not doing the comedy part of the comedy business. I was doing the business part yes, of the comedy yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also... While I'm on the road, while I'm traveling, yeah. while I, and I, I was so stressed out, I couldn't write because I wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. I was just running the tour. Yeah. And then get on stage for 20 minutes, go back to my home, yeah. hotel room, go to, to work and stuff. So it yeah. wasn't, the road wasn't It fun wasn't anymore. fun, yeah. I don't, it was funny because that's the thing I think we talk about with comics and stuff like that, like how to make it uh, fun to be on the road, like stuff that you do. You know, where you you were saying that you would like to, you know, you you plan your tour mm-hmm. doing like the NHL, but you know, like uh, I think that's the key. I think it's got to be fun to be on the road, especially because as a comic, you know, you were doing a a group tour, but yeah. like when you're by yourself, you know, that's it's it's tougher, right? You know, yeah. and if you're doing all that stuff, plus not even like yeah. having, you know, not even it, getting to go see the things I wanted to see, yeah, then it just becomes like then then it just becomes like, why am I even doing right. this kind of? But thing. also, I was married for the last five years uh, that'll do it yeah i mean I, I just got divorced but i was like i, I didn't want to be away from my wife i bought a house yeah i right. like i like my cats i like sleeping in my bed i like i have a gym that like yeah that's one of the other things like when i'm on the road there's not the gyms there's not gyms yeah just to the psychological relief of working out yeah like there was there was a gym we we were in north dakota in may there was a snowstorm, and the gym was a mile away from where we were staying. The yeah. only way to get there was to walk. Oh. So I had to run in the snow to the gym that wound up being closed. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, so you were that like was rocky. part of it. Yeah. But also, you know, when I was young and on the road, I was just fucking my way up and down the East Coast. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Don't sleep with that yeah. waitress. Well, now I'm going to sleep with that waitress. <laughs> yeah, you put it in a yeah, comic's yeah, mind. Different. They're not yeah. going to shake the Well, thing. when you're younger, it's different because it's like, and plus, you have so much more energy, too, yeah. to, like, fucking oh. do everything. <laughs> we did a gig in Wyoming at 5.30, and we were in our hotel rooms at 7, and it was the most glorious thing. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be asleep by 7.30. But I wasn't, because they didn't fucking tell me that base was haunted. And the whole uh. fucking night, I was like, I'm going to fucking die. Oh, my God. 
goddamn Wyoming. Oh, this wow. might be the perfect. This might be the perfect segue to yeah. the superstition yeah, that's question what I was because yeah, we yeah. do often ask. And now that you've mentioned that, you feel that you were actually on a haunted base because this is changing. Because I usually like to guess if our guests are okay. superstitious while they travel or not. Like if you need a special item with you, a lucky item or mm-hmm. something like that. And I was gonna guess no, but now that he's mentioned haunted base yeah. i'm gonna say yes we are dealing with a superstitious traveling or do you bring yeah. or another thing do you bring if you if you're not that then do you bring anything sentimental or value with you when you travel i have two superstitions okay, okay here we go uh anytime i travel really anytime i leave the house uh, i keep a, a challenge coin on me um and oh, i've got I've, I've, I, yeah. I have literally Dozens. I have more challenge coins from being a comedian than I do from being in the military. What's a Ooh. challenge coin? So a challenge coin, we have a tradition in the military. Which, by the way, I was funny because I was going to describe it. And Go ahead. I was like, no, no. <laughs> no, no, but please, I'm I like, would like to hear this. No, 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 no Francisco. I, I, no, no, please. I would like to hear this. No, but I no, no, stopped I myself. Genuinely, I genuinely would like to hear you describe it. I stopped myself. I have an idea what it is now. <laughs> no, no, I stopped myself because I was like, what are you doing? Like, No, no, but I would. I am genuinely, I would like no, to hear no, you describe it. No, no, I want you to know. I mean, it's just. I mean, I got so them. So it's a coin that you get when you challenge somebody. No, when you no. go into, I mean, the the, the the base commander gives you the the coin uh-huh. because it you was as a you know because in lieu of uh, in lieu of giving like a medal or a ribbon, okay. uh, which is something that requires sometimes literally the act of Congress yeah. uh, to say here, good job for whatever you're doing. And it's not just for comedians or musicians. I mean, soldiers. Oh, they like, also get them. Yeah, okay. I mean. You know, you do a good job, and the the Secretary of Defense happens to be at your base while you're, you know, you win whatever competition in lieu of getting a medal, because you're not going to get a medal for right. everything. For right. w- yeah, you'll get a, a coin from a commander or the Secretary of Defense or the President or okay. the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So literally anybody can have a coin. Like I have my own personal challenge coins as a civilian, but usually it's commander on up, so captains, colonels, on up. But right. literally anybody can have a coin. And when you do a good job or to say thank you, um, you know, instead of giving you a big plaque, like I've got fucking plaques all over this place, but they'll just give you a coin. What they'll do is they'll shake your hand and they'll have the coin that's in their true. hand. And that's how they hand it out. That's yeah. oh, wow. so I wonder yeah. if I've received a challenge coin and then didn't think anything of it. I was like, what's this thing? Well, the, the, we, at least the way we do it in the army was uh, you keep a challenge coin on you. And if you're out at a bar, and this is why it's called a challenge coin. If someone throws down their coin, whoever has the highest ranking coin uh-huh. doesn't buy a, dr- uh, a round. Whoever has the lowest ranking coin buys a round. If you don't have a coin on you, you are fucked for the night. Uh, right. so, if I, okay. so if I'm out here and you know, out at a bar with a bunch of military guys and someone throws down like a colonel's coin, a full bird colonel's coin, well, I pull out my three-star because nobody in L.A. is going to beat a three-star coin. So I got a coin from I have several coins from three star generals. Right. And we throw that down. But if I'm in DC, if I throw a three star coin down, that means dick because uh, it's Washington DC. Yeah. Any swinging dick could have a coin from the president, the vice president, yeah. joint chiefs of staff. So I got one from George Washington. So don't go so like, drinking. I I'm, I never pay for drinks. I have one from I mean my <laughs> highest ranking coin is the Secretary of Defense William Cohen oh. and, and I got it in a poker game from him. Really? Tokyo. Wow. Uh, which is a fucking wild. Because you lost, he lost. He lost, and he gave in a big way. Really? Yeah. Wow. We were. I was working at this. I was working at the embassy in Tokyo on a mission, and uh, the embassy is headed by the Marines. There's a Marine detachment there, and the Marines were playing poker every night. 
So I got in. It was me and a couple of Army guys, and we were playing poker with the Marines. Now, a bunch of servicemen drinking. We all have weapons on us. Probably not the best situation. <laughs> so three dudes in black suits, like, come into our room, and all of a sudden we're like, everybody's fucking strapped. Like, everybody's ready to go. Shotguns, whatever. Right. Here walks in Secretary of Defense William Cohen. And all of a sudden we're like, shit, sir. Like, we're everybody standing at attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's fucking 1030 at night. What's the Secretary of Defense doing here? Like, I guess he was in there for a fucking meeting or something somewhere. And he goes, I hear there's a raging poker game. We're like, yes, sir. Like, uh, Can I get in on it? I'm like, yes, sir. My buddy comes out of the other room with three bottles of, like, fucking vodka. <laughs> and all he sees is, like, <laughs> a bunch of dudes in black suits and us holding our weapons. He's like, I don't know what's fucking going on here, <laughs> but I'm leaving. <laughs> so we're playing poker with the secretary, and he is terrible. <laughs> or he's losing on purpose. I don't know. Right. But it's heads up, me and him. And he's got two pair, and I got a full house. He's oh. like, all I got is my coin. I was like, I will take that. Ah. So I didn't get it for, you know, the regular way doing but a good job. I still got it. Hey, it still nice. counts, baby. I, so you have that coin, and Is then what the, else? You so said yeah, you have another two superstitions. superstitions. Oh, uh, yeah. So I keep a I keep a three star coin on me, and even even this is on the road and here in L.A. Anytime I perform, I have I only wear two pair of lucky socks. Like I don't really? go on stage unless I'm wearing one of these. That's pairs. super uh, unique. That, that's very like that's very a- a- athletic. Like well, very like well, you know. Well, frequently like, comics will say some s- sort of clothing. This is my first socks. Yeah. yeah. Answer. I haven't heard socks. I hear lucky th- people have lucky shirts or a lucky belt or you know. A watch I used to do the shirts and stuff like that when I started, but then right. I was like, man. Eh, but this is very interesting. How, how do you arrive so at these socks? The same socks do they time? do they happen Sometimes to be on your them. feet? <laughs> are they on your feet at a lucky time, or did you just decide these are the but most comfortable? But is it the same brand, or or you just like have like twenty of those? Or the, the first same? the first pair of lucky socks were Buffalo Sabres socks. Okay. That, okay. Um, that uh, I bought myself when I was home in Buffalo, and it was. I was wearing them one night, and it was a set that I was, like, nervous to do. Mm-hmm. And I wound up just annihilating the room. And I was like, huh, that was cool. And then the next night, because I, I was on the road and I didn't have access to laundry. Yeah. And I wore them again. Again. <laughs> crushed. Wow. So I was like, huh. Gotta be the socks. Well, I tried an experiment. I did not wear the socks that night. And it was the most mediocre, like uh, meh. I was and like, and that's how it starts. Yeah. So, yeah. so the so next gig, mental. I wore those socks, and then I fucking killed. Wow. So I would only wear, and I went wore those socks on stage for like years until they were literally falling off yeah. my feet without so, washing them. You mean I would? Ha- no, I mean, I, I would eventually to have to wash them. Okay, but, but I could be on the road literally. But, or for sorry, a sometimes <laughs> you would go between gigs without washing them. Yeah, though. because if, I if had you no need, choice. Because you're only having two pairs. You got well, t- now I have two pairs. Now you have right. But originally it was one so pair which, of Buffalo Saber socks. Yeah, okay. and I wore them to death. Like they are, I had a burial ceremony for them. There were <laughs> fucking holes. Like I, 
years I wore these socks. Honestly. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm girls going like, wait, why, why do you keep wearing the same socks? What's going on? Like, did you see me on stage tonight, baby? They're, they're, they're after distracted. I fucking killed, they didn't yeah, it. Okay, okay. no, 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 as long as my no, pants are coming off, no, it didn't matter. Yeah, no woman's <laughs> I'm sorry, be like concerned. A, a repeated girl that you thought that'd be like, um, hey, yeah. I no, I think I was single. I was single at the time. Oh, okay. But now, okay, yeah, I was single at the time when I was I had those saber socks. Uh, eventually. Like I was nervous for that a long time. That would be funny time. telling a girlfriend, "No, I'm not putting on different socks. I, will, I my first love is the stage, yeah. <laughs> darling. I don't want to. I'm not cheating on her." It'd be, it'd be funny to be like, "Look, it's between me and the socks." I mean, like, it's like a Kirby yeah, enthusiasm. Like, see you later. Or or Seinfeld. Like, yeah. You gotta go for the socks. But. I went, I went like six months without lucky socks, and it was, it was nerve wracking every time because. But you did good. I did okay. There were a couple of like good nights, um, but I couldn't repeat the process until I found. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big comic book fan of DC Comics specifically. I'm a big Flash fan. Okay. So I found a pair of Flash socks, and right. it was a two pack, pair of red with the black Flash, <laughs> and a pair of. Black this and red is, with a yellow. This is a great superstition. Yeah, I mean, so very, very, very specific. Yeah, for, for a man who's taking a sniper bullet to the head to go, but then I won't go on stage <laughs> without my lucky flash socks. I won't go on stage without wearing the flash socks. They have their own space in my drawer. Wow. So when I, like, I have my regular gym socks and my, my going out what socks. What about if you have to do a one in the beach? Oh, I will wear my socks on the beach. Oh, Don't you think will. I won't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. I tried this one thing one time where I, because I have two pairs. There's the black and the red. I wore one black and one red just to see what happened. Yeah. And the left side of the room killed. Nah, right side of the room? Nah, come on. <laughs> All right. Nah, nah, no, nah. but. Um, <laughs> I would have been like, okay, this is getting. I think I'm going like, all right, now you have to go to a therapist because you're just <laughs> just imagining shit now. But but those are my, like, I I will not go on stage, whether I'm doing stand-up or playing with my band without wearing my lucky socks. Yeah. Yeah. There was a night I'm where you got it down to two. I do have. Well, yeah. That's, luckily, that's, that's, that's a very small number, I would think. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, uh, I, I got the pair on uh, together, and there was a night where, up at Levity, because yeah. you know they have the bar next door. Yeah. I opened for Nemer at six o- uh-huh. at seven seven o'clock. I did a set. Got on changed. Which one, Irvine? At, at no, uh, Oxnard. Oxnard. I did a set. Did stand up. Twenty minutes. Opened for Nemer. Walked next door, got changed, got on stage with my band, and then the socks were so fucking Wet. soaked yeah. from yeah. like jumping around for an hour, playing rock and roll. I had to put on the other pair of socks and go back to the uh, comedy club and do stand up again, and then go back and do another set wow. with my band. Wow! But yeah, lucky socks. Lucky socks. Friend. And then uh, you know we're almost uh, getting to the end, but I wanted to ask because you were traveling so much as you know because of comedy music and military is there anything that you have taken from other parts of the world that you would love to bring to back to the u.s like a custom or like a a thing or like a cultural thing or you know that yeah you any, know, anything traditional from another country that you'd be that like you've, oh. that you've borne witness to and gone i wish they would do more of this in america the food in italy and spain oh. fucking amazing mm-hmm. yeah like we went to naples they took us to dinner in naples And it was a legit 10-course 
yeah. meal. And I was like, I literally cannot eat anymore, guys. They're like, but here's the dessert pizza. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. just had a dessert <laughs> pizza. They're like, but this is another one. We're like, we are grown men who can't it's eat It's called anymore. dessert pizza. Why? It's too thin. Yeah. It's too thin. Um, now, is that down to the ingredients or, I think, or that uh, or the style of yeah. the approach of it That's being all question. these small meals yeah. and I stuff think like that? It's like, because so I mean I'm I'm gonna like just quickly interrupt you, but like I think I feel like in Italy and and Spain because it's uh you know I'm from Venezuela and we have like a very obviously Spanish just like Italy it, it, no but it's like <laughs> a lot of immigration and influence of the yeah. culture no and like food pizza, is very like important right you right. know it's like a sit down with a meal yes. which is like when I move here and the complete opposite is the U S is like like it's lunch and quick it's yeah. fast like yeah. lunch like you gotta go quick you eat in your desk yeah. you know and so. Mm -hmm. I do think it was uh, a lot of that, that very, like, we all sat down. It was a leisurely, like, they were not Relax. in a rush. Yes. They were just like, here's the first course. An hour and a half later, here's the third course. An hour right. later after that, here's the seventh course. I'm like, guys, we can't. We have yeah. a show tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. That full immersive experience. But it was, yeah, but it was also delicious. Yes. It was not fresh. Like, and it's it was fresh. fresh. Yeah, yeah. Everything tasted, like, it, it popped in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah. It, nothing seemed processed. Yes. It was just so flavorful and delicious and it wasn't like they brought us pizza and we're like we're you know we're americans we got pizza this is, we never yeah, had pizza yeah, like this before yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you hear that america you need to eat better i think yeah, americans more fresh more fresh fresh, fresh yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. And, and and relax and take your time yeah and have yeah. Fun. siestas oh siestas uh, yeah. bring those back yeah, yeah. those yeah. over here I'll take those them. are great yeah i mean yeah that's cool i like that that's i mean cool the movie. meals and portions are huge my parents are very sweet because when they do the snowbird thing from canada yeah. so you yeah, come down for the winter months and uh and my mom is always like, oh, honey, it's America. We, I just let your father order, and I have some of his. And that's all they do because they know <laughs> yeah, that it's going to be yeah, this big, yeah, yeah. gross, one-off yeah, yeah. <laughs> portion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. buy chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, man. Wow. And this is fun, guys. Man, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Bed. I got to say, I'm I'm absolutely in awe of you, especially like since the, from the start of this podcast, like just your life story, like from, you know, with your father being a prisoner of war. And then refugee status coming over on, to America, uh, boat people, for lack of a better term, so impressive. And then choosing to serve the country that you that you grew up in. I mean, your story's blown my mind, man. And and uh, we can't thank you enough for joining yeah. us on on the podcast. I mean, Francisco, if you don't have anything else to ask, no, no, I mean, well, I please tell yeah, me about challenge coins. About what challenge, challenge coins? <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> we uh, what we do have, Tom, on the way out the door, we always ask our guests if they have one uh, final piece of like travel advice that maybe uh, your family could have handed down to you, or that you that you've learned yourself, or you know, basically. He kind of gave us one. Don't, don't fly drive. Yeah, he's, you know. well, yeah. I, if you I have mean, another I've, one. I've learned. We've learned. I've learned tons off. Yeah. Of them. Tonight, but but uh, if you have another one, just like a quick that people can, you know, be like, hey, when you travel, take yeah. this. Or and if this. you find bus Buffalo Saber socks, you're gonna or flash, you'll, you'll have a good or show. Flash. Or the flash, or the flash, you'll um, have, be good luck. You know what? I've always been, I've always been that guy that got to the airport way early. Yeah, like uh, just right. Kind of me. Like, yeah, I don't, like that. Why too. are you rushing? Yeah, there could be a problem when you get there or whatever, but like, relax. Just the the amount of stress that already goes into traveling, like, yeah, chill, relax. chill. Yeah. Like, yeah, go fucking get a bite to eat. Um, I like that. I was like, I prefer to get there early, you know, and like, and yeah, like, chill, eat, because you know, like, 
it's always that pressure of like, uh, wanna like oh, it's already eliminating that stress. Yeah, is yeah. so valuable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you always you know how you eliminate it. the stress. Get a Tesla. I think. Oh, I'm, and, and, and quickly before wow. also, you can use my Tesla referral code. You get a thousand free supercharger nice. miles. But also, we're I, uh, I'm giving you it, and you better link it in the description. <laughs> I do. Yeah, give. It, I will use it. Uh, but like, also, where people can uh, find you in social media, you know, and also if you have any upcoming shows, uh, or, you know, or anything like that, you want to share. Um, uh, my website is tomtran.com, and my name is spelled T-H-O-M-T-R-A-N. Uh, or you can spell it the regular way, because I own both websites. Oh, nice. Right. Um, uh, everything is underscore tomtran, T-H-O-M-T-R-A-N, on the Twitters and the Instagrams. I'm verified, so just type it in. I'm going to be at the factory and Flappers. Flappers is open. Yes, it is. It is. It I is. went over I there last that. night. Uh, at some point, Josh said to send him emails, and mm-hmm. I haven't yet. Because it's my mental health day. <laughs> uh, I'll be, I'm at the factory all the time because it's my home club. Um, uh, I'll be in Buffalo in July. I'm actually doing Helium with Adam Ray. Oh, nice. So that's cool. my first road gig post-pandemic. Great. And you can see your family. I mean, well, yeah, no. Right. well, It's after <laughs> yeah. the season's over. You can watch it. You know, oh, that's right. Yeah, you July, can talk so. to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll be in Buffalo in Buffalo July. Buffalo didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, so. it was terrible. <laughs> it was off. Being a Sabres fan is like being in an abusive relationship. It's like starts great, and then at the end, you're like, he didn't mean to hurt me. <laughs> he just got angry and drunk. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I'm I, I I'm in LA a lot. I, like I said, I I'm not big on traveling these yeah. days. Um, and when I do, it's gonna be for like long chunks. Oh. United States of Al on CBS. Yes, June uh, uh, June June twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. So uh, check it out. Got picked up for a second season. Nice, excellent. So I, I got a. This was a one episode co star. Hopefully, I will be. They back can bring you back more. as long as they don't kill you. You're good. <laughs> I um, mean, th- it got picked up for a second season. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get killed in the episode. Um, I mean, every especially in a comedy would be weird. Right? It'd be weird. Uh, <laughs> like you got you got killing a multi cam. It's like why. Uh, no, yeah, hopefully I'll be back for uh, the second season. Um, great, but yeah, it was yeah. fun. Everybody on the show is really great. Um, nice. Uh, awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some cool stuff awesome. once we turn off the cameras. But well, great. Well, thank you very much for being a guest yes. here at your own home. Yeah, this was. <laughs> yeah. In my own, I like that my dining room table is in the middle of my living room, like yes. next to my TV. I, like I might just leave it here. I yeah. won't. Here we go, Tom Tran, ladies and gentlemen, and. Uh, that's our first time on the, on the on road. On the road. On the road. Out with yeah. somebody. So, uh, Thank you for having us. Uh, remember to subscribe, listen uh, to all the, you know, yeah, all our do channels, the, do the all things, the Instagram, pushing all the buttons stuff. and the likes and stuff. Uh, use buy my yellow. referral code if you're going to buy a Tesla. Uh, <laughs> you get 1,000 free miles. I get 1,000 free miles. It's like that. I've gotten six people to buy Teslas. Really? Enrique. Wait a minute. Uh, I thought one. it was battery operated. Aren't the miles free? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you get superchargers. You get five. Yeah, you All get. Right, like, let's get out of here before the right, Tesla files start <laughs> doing their Bye. thing. See you guys later.